Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Uh, quite a bit of going on in sports last night, obviously, with uh, Game 7 with the Astros and Yankees. Unfortunately, the Yankees didn't pull through. Depending on which segment of the audience <laughs> you are, you're actually happy about the Yankees uh, coming up short against the Astros. Uh, I mean, the story of the series was the fact that, uh, you know, the home team won every game. And the road team's offense disappeared in every game. Uh, the Yankees, uh, f- uh, for their part, I mean, just could not figure out a way of uh, putting up numbers that they needed to uh, on the road. Uh, you know, the bats did not travel. Even against someone like Charlie Morton, it did not work out. I mean, honestly, it, this was actually a game where... Uh, the sabermetricians and the analytics folks actually kind of won out because I think traditional traditional baseball people uh, and you know as much as I try to look at numbers, I still myself uh, look more towards uh, just uh, you know let's get uh, try to get on base, but also got guys that are actually productive with what they're good at it, and you know because I'll, I'll say bunt to run, uh, bunt the guy over when uh, sometimes the, the stats guys say don't give up the out. It, but, you know, that's another story for another time. But anyway, uh, getting back to my point, the one of the takeaways I had from this game was just the sheer number of curveballs the Astros threw at the Yankees. I mean, it, it was... I would say that the Astros threw at least 50% of their pitches last night were curveballs to the Yankees hitters. And the Yankees could not stay off the curveball. It, it was uh, they got themselves in bad counts. But uh, to the the Astros' credit, Charlie Morton threw a lot of curveballs for strikes. Now, so uh, many of you and because I, I had the conversations at the bar and in front of people texting me, just were irate with the home plate umpire calling as many strikes as he did. And I mean, to me, this was one of those situations where. I said it to people that even home plate umpires can get caught up in the moment of certain games. And, you know, the the, the strikes uh, that they were uh, 
that they were get, uh, conceding on. I mean, you know, the Yankees were looking at swinging some of those pitches. And when you actually think, uh, when you actually start swinging at some of those pitches, you know, umpires are going to call them. I mean, they were call, he was calling them early, so it, it wasn't as though uh, uh, the it wasn't as though people were completely shocked by what was going on. I, I think uh, more more than likely, uh, what uh, Mark Carlson did was he legitimized the the overall strikes onto the point where the low ball was going to get called for a strike. The inside pitch is going to get called for a strike, so that made it easier for uh, Morton to expand the strike zone with the curveball. But when McCullers came in, it was more of the same. I mean, McCullers threw the uh, curveball, and many of them were outside the zone, but the Yankee hitters at that point were already just in that mindset of, we're behind, we got to go for it, and we got to swing at some of these pitches when they really needed to lay off and take those walks, which was the disappointing part of uh, this is that the plate discipline evaporated for the Yankees in the most crucial game uh, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you had 11 strikeouts and only two walks. Against those pitchers, you got to make them work. So uh, th- that was uh, the story of the game. Uh, I mean, the you know, the bats didn't travel, only three hits, but the, the, the sequence that killed us was in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Tommy Canley had to play uh, pitching McCann. You know, game's still within reach. You're only down two runs. You're still in it. And I don't know if this was on Canley, uh, just uh, telling, uh, following what the the protocol was from the pitching staff, or Sanchez not recognizing the situation they were in, but they literally threw five straight inside change-ups to a professional hitter. I don't care who you are. How good your stuff is, if you throw the exact same pitch to the exact same spot four to five times, chances are you're going to give up a big hit or a bomb. I mean, I don't care what the scouting report said. You can't give Brian McCann the five straight change-ups inside the plate, same location, five straight times. Eventually, he's going to square one of those up, and he did for... Double. I mean, that was that was the game basically. I mean, it was a crushing, it was a crushing uh, hit there because you know you could see people deflate because that was such an unnecessary hit to give up. Uh, you know, people at the bar were pissed off. People texting were pissed off because no one could understand that whole sequence. I to me, I still can't understand it because that's not necessarily how they're pitching McCann uh, this entire series. So. Something was just seemed a little bit off there. Maybe, maybe Girardi was going by something in his binder about the stuff uh, Canley had versus McCann. But you know that one was just like that was groan inducing because it was completely unnecessary. You could have avoided it, and you know that's where it basically stands. So. Uh, you know, obviously it was a great year for the Yankees, and we got a fantastic matchup between the Astros and Dodgers, who were, for most parts of the year, the two best teams in baseball. So I'm looking forward to this World Series. I'm disappointed that the Yankees didn't make it, but, you know, honestly, the the Astros were the better team. It, I, you know, I, I, the, the, it, it'd be, uh, it, it would be uh, ingen- disingenuous of me, uh, 
sorry, uh, for me to say that the, uh, the Yankees were the better team. The Astros were the better team. There's, there's no if fans or buts about it. I truly believe that. I said it from the outset that Altuve was a star that did not get the respect he has deserved for the last couple of years. You know, people drafted him fantasy, but I don't think people really take a good hard look at him on a day-to-day basis. I mean, watching him on MLB Network, at, uh, MLB Tonight, which, again, get, must be getting huge ratings uh, this postseason, and deservedly so. They, they they put on the most entertaining show out of all the major sports leagues, in my opinion, uh, uh, would be the MLB Tonight crew. But, you know, just from the way I was looking at it, Altuve was kind of like the key in this series. I thought the Yankees needed to pitch around him a bit more. They went after him. He took him deep. You know, that, again, kind of spurred on what was going on. And, you know, they got a big hit out of Gaddis, who hadn't uh, hit in this series. But, you know, when a big man connects, it goes deep. So, you know, credit to the Yankees, though. I mean, Judge made a spectacular catch. I mean, that won't get talked about because of the loss. But, man, you know, for Yankees fans, you have to be excited with the prospect of having Judge and Sanchez for the foreseeable future and building off of that and, you know, fill out the pitching staff. But, you know, the the, the Yankees have a bright future. And, you know, whether or not Tanaka opts out or not, to me is, uh, you know, if he goes, he goes. I just don't think he'll get the money in free agency that he's looking for. But, you know, he made a case for himself in the postseason. But I, I definitely see nothing but good things from the Yankees in the future. So, you know, obviously a team to keep an eye out for. So I'll get into uh, the World Series preview another day. Today it's about football. Uh, you know, we, we had some soccer action earlier today with Arsenal uh, just dismantling Everton like I expected them to. You know, wasn't always clean for Arsenal, but, you know, that that's, that's typically what you expect out of Arsenal. It's like you have moments of brilliance and then moments that are cringeworthy, uh, that you, you just want to shake your head at. But, you know, anyway, move, not doing Premier League today. We'll, we'll recap uh, uh, the Premier League uh, later on at some point uh, once uh, Liverpool and uh, Tottenham uh, wrap up. But uh, getting into the NFL today, since I, I wanted to get into that, uh, you got a London game today with the Rams and Cardinals. Uh, that's actually a 1 o'clock kickoff, so uh, you, you folks can still update your lineups without being in a panic. Uh, but... Uh, in terms of that one, Rams are favored three and a half. You know, to me, this one where you take the dog. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Adrian Peterson today uh, against uh, the Rams defense. And I'm expecting heavy ownership of Adrian Peterson in DFS lineups uh, today. I, I just think that this one where you try to fade it and, you know, you can look at fits if you want. Uh and uh, that that will be your viable play for a DFS standpoint. To me, you fade Peterson because almost everyone's going to be on him. And you know, if unless he puts up another 120 yards and uh, two touchdowns, I, I just don't think you're going to get the value out of him. So uh, I'm taking Arizona, Baltimore. You know, I'm trying to find something nice to say about Joe Flacco. And it's really hard. <laughs> it really is hard. I mean, the the, the 
Okay, here's the thing. Uh, okay, I should say the Ravens are playing the Vikings. Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything nice to say about this game, <laughs> it, it, other than you know, a game's got to be played. Uh, in terms of where I I kind of look at this, uh, the Ravens need a win desperately. Uh, there's uh, not much, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, you know, they're three and three. Uh, they were in a division that's uh, uh, pretty competitive, uh, and the Steelers are weak right now. Uh, they need to actually make a, a push, and you know they gotta get they gotta get a win uh, sooner or later uh, coming up here. So I, I look at this, and I, I gotta say uh, Joe Flacco's gotta step it up. I mean, he just has not been there in terms of a passing attack. Uh, you know, he's gotta. He's got to do something. There's just no. Uh, so sometimes you just get games where you know you're on the road and you got to make it happen. Because uh, uh, you can look at Buck Allen and uh, you can look at Alex Collins running the football, but you know this this game comes down to Joe Flacco. If Joe Flacco can give him a pulse, the Ravens should be able to win this one outright. I mean, you're going up against Case Keenum. Uh, you know that should not be anything to scare you. So. Uh, I'm taking the Ravens there. Uh, you got the Bears against Carolina. Carolina's got this Jekyll and Hyde act. The Bears are young. Uh, they got a little bit of bounce intercept with Mitchell Trubisky. I'm actually going to take the Bears at home as the underdog. Uh, so they're uh, the line's three and a half. I'm taking the Bears. Uh, I expect the Panthers to still win, but I, I think the Bears uh, end up covering this one. So I'll, I'll take the Bears. Uh in terms of the next matchup, we got the Steelers and Bengals. Uh, Steelers, you know, they always have tight games with the Bengals, so I I can't, uh, in good conscience, take uh, the Steelers uh, in this one. Uh, I'm I'm taking Bengals uh, as the underdog. Uh, in terms of uh, fantasy purposes, you know, Le'Veon, obvious star. But, I mean, that goes without question. Same with AB. I look at Martavis Bryant complaining and saying that he didn't want to trade, but really, he probably did. Voice said he wanted to trade and then try to walk back the story. I look for Martavis to get a lot of looks from Big Ben uh, today just because I think they need to change it up. I mean, right now, A.B., uh, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell are 75% of the Steelers' offense. That ratio is just a bit too ridiculous, in my opinion. They, they need to actually... Uh, uh, break things up a little bit, and, uh, you know, I, I think the best way to do that is to give uh, Martavis some looks. Uh, next matchup we got, uh, Titans at the Browns. Uh, I mean, you start DeMarco Murray, obviously. You start the Titans' defense because uh, Deshaun Kaiser's back at QB after the Kevin Hogan experiment uh, predictably failed miserably. Uh, so I'm taking, I would take the Titans' defense if you're starting a standard fantasy. And DFS, I think, it's a legitimate, uh, it's a legitimate option to uh, run with. So uh, I would go with uh, 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 start there from the Titans, Delaney Walker. You know the Browns don't really cover tight ends well. So uh, uh, Safari and Jenkins had a good game with them too. So I like Walker. Uh, and you know for the Browns, the only person I would start on this team is uh, Duke Johnson just because of. Uh, the potential for catches in PPR leagues. Other than that, everyone else can sit. <laughs> I mean, uh, Isaiah Correll can't play him. Just can't play him. 
All right, so uh, next matchup, Jags and Colts. Obviously, the story here, Andrew Luck got shut down again to the surprise of... Honestly, if if you're an owner who is still holding on to uh, Andrew Luck, I mean, I just think you're wasting your roster space. I re- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I, I know people had this long-term plan of, I'm going to rotate QBs and then wait on Andrew Luck, but it's a major shoulder surgery that was even more comprehensive than Cam Newton. Cam took at least a month to even look like he could really start stretching the field down uh, uh, down uh, vertically uh, with his receivers. I mean, at this point with Luck, if, he's, if he has to be shut down again because he had a setback, there's no point. I mean, your, your, your fantasy season is most likely going to conclude in week 13. We're halfway through the season, guys. Uh, I mean, you you, you can only uh, take on so much water on your team by ho- holding out that roster spot. If this was a, like a David Johnson situation where, he, you know, he's the clear-cut number one, uh, well, at least a, t- a clear-cut num- a top five fantasy option offensively in points, yes. But, I mean, really, if you look at Andrew Luck, you know, he was – in the top seven of QB, but there was no guarantee that Andrew Luck was going to be a top three fantasy QB this year. You were hoping on that, but there was no guarantee. So I think you have to cut your losses here and kind of move on. Uh, Leonard Fournette, the news came out that he's out. So uh, in every league, this wide alert, Chris Ivory must be owned. If I see league where Chris Ivory is not owned, I, I'm actually going to be annoyed with people because this is... This is not even remotely a debate here. Chris Ivory is a RB2 play for as long as Fournette's out. Jags are on bye next week, so most likely this is only a one-week throwaway, but you still gotta pl- uh, you still got to play uh, with uh, Ivory here. So Ivory, obvious start for the Jags. Not playing any Jags receivers uh, if I can help it. I mean, maybe Marquise Lee if... I'm in a, a shallow league, which I may have to do with one league, but that's about it. Uh, Blake Bortles, the Blake Bortles experience, still can't throw the football. The Jacks don't want him throwing more than 15 times a game. You're not going to get any value out of receivers unless you get a touchdown out of it. That That's just the way it is. Uh, I'm playing Jags defense just because, uh, you know, the Colts are still limited offensively because of that offensive line. So uh, I'm – and the Jags defense is stout throughout. So I'm playing Jags defense, obviously. And, you know, that's about it. Uh, uh, so I'm going to move on to the next matchup uh, where we got the Jets and Dolphins. <laughs> we actually have a, a person worth starting on the Jets, and it's Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, you know, the Dolphins uh, have been giving up a ton of points to tight ends. Uh, they were bottom third in the league in terms of points allowed to tight ends. Got to gotta give it to them. So uh, I'm playing Jenkins. Uh, the Jets running back situation is a complete mess. Uh, Forte uh, uh, was active last note I checked. So you got Forte, you got Blau Powell, and you got Elijah McGuire. Figure it out of who's going to score the points there. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, you know, it could change on a dime. So I'm avoiding the Jets running backs if I can help it. 
for the Dolphins, I'll play Jarvis Landry. Uh, and from a pick standpoint, uh, you know, I think the Jets cover this one as uh, even they're on even though they're on the road, I think they cover this one uh, just because uh, I think the Jets' defense has been better with the run that people were expecting, especially uh, uh, given some of the losses and. Uh, the secondary's been good. Not that Jay Cutler has been lighting the world on fire. So, I I look at this and I say, play play uh, play the Jets if you're if you're betting on the the lines. Uh, play the Jets uh, as the dog, and you know Jenkins should be in your standard fantasy lineups, your PPR fantasy lineups, and your DFS lineups if you want to do an alternative uh, play to Gronk. So, uh, that's all there is there. Uh, Bucks at the Bills. This is a very interesting one because, uh, you know, it's a later start and, you know, the tough part here is, I mean, actually, no, this one's not a later start. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but uh, the, the tough part about this one is the fact that Jameis Winston has a shoulder issue. He should be playing, but the, uh, the, qu- the question is, uh, how effective is uh, Winston going to be with the shoulder injury throwing the ball? I'm not. I'm not that confident with uh, uh, Tampa. I would take the Bills here tentatively to win the game. It's just that because the Bills are so inefficient uh, scoring, you know, I I, I just kind of look at it and say that uh, I, I just look at it from a standpoint of uh, uh, the, the the Bills should win this game. I just don't think they can cover three and a half. I, I just think this is going to be a low-scoring game. And, you know, the the Bucks' offense is going to be a bit limited with Winston Hurt. So I, I expect to see lots of carries for Doug Martin. Uh, I, I don't think Mike Evans is going to have that big a day, but you have to start him. I mean that, and you know, I just think uh, if you have a if you're the Sean Jackson owner, you might want to look at other options this week just because of the shoulder issue with uh, Winston. Uh, I'm not sure how well he's going to be able to throw the ball downfield, and Jackson requires uh, having a vertical game to rely on. So uh, that's what we got there. Uh, Carolina and the Bears, we already talked about. Uh, so, essentially, uh, what we got left? Oh, yeah, Saints-Packers. So, uh, Saints, uh, going up against the Packers, uh, uh, at home at Lambeau. I mean, listen, I, I look at this and I say the Saints should be able to take this one, even though they're on the road and it's a five and a half line. It's a really tempting line to take as a dog. My thing is, you know... Saints defense sucks. I mean, there's nothing to it. The Saints defense really sucks. Would I play some DFS lineups with the Packers players uh, just as a fade option in case they actually outperform? Yeah, I'll do that. But I don't have confidence in Brett Hundley uh, just because he didn't. He hasn't looked good. And yes, you could say that he didn't get the opportunity in preseason the last few years. He was being the understudy, but now that he's the guy, something's going to magically click and 
you know, things are going to work out for the Packers. I just look at this and saying, you know, I think part of this team is going to give up now. I, I look at this and I say, the Saints don't normally play well on the road, but the Saints have a chance here to really make ground in the NFC South. I mean, the Falcons are not looking good. I don't think the Falcons are beating the Patriots tonight. Uh, I, I just think that the Saints have too much on the line here with their window of opportunity. Should have been shut by now, but now it's a slight crack open, and I just think they have to take advantage of it. So I, I think they get it done here. Uh, obviously, uh, I would play Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Uh, it's just uh, it's one of those where uh, I, I look at it and I see a lot of fancy points being generated by the Saints. I'm just not confident with the Packers being able to keep up. Uh, I'm just being honest. I really don't see the Packers being able to keep up today. I think it gets ugly, but, you know, I'll – Throw out a couple of DFS lineups in case I'm completely wrong and uh, uh, save save some face that way. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. Uh, you know, we already talked about a bit about the uh, Cardinals and Rams, but uh, you know, I fade Peterson here. I just can't. Uh, but uh, you know, Watkins should be playing Patrick Peterson today. Uh, stay away. Dallas and 49ers, you know, Dallas on the road, you know, playing Zeke, playing Dak, playing Des. You can play them all your different lineups. Uh, I just think that they're going to do well uh, offensively here today. Uh, and I think uh, the 49ers put up points against Dallas because Dallas's defense isn't any good. Uh, you know, I think Dallas covers... Uh, uh, for the most part, I think Dallas covers that, uh, 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 almost covers the spread here, uh, depending on the line, because uh, I've seen certain lines uh, where it's a seven and a half line versus six and a half. If it's seven and a half, you have to take the uh, the 49ers. If it's six and a half, I think Dallas actually wins by a touchdown here. So it is one of those where it depends on where the book is uh, of if the line gets covered or not. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of look at this and say, uh, you know, most likely you'll 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 see Dallas uh, uh, coming off the bye, just taking care of business against the 49ers, and that that ends up being the end of it. Uh, of course, we have the Giants hosting the Seahawks. Where to talk about the Giants? I mean, everyone's talking about Orleans Darkwa. You talking about Evan Ingram? You got Sterling Shepard coming back. But what Gi which Giants team are we going to see today? I see the defense coming back to form. I see the Giants giving Russell Wilson some trouble. My thing is, the Seahawks need this win. The Giants kind of got their redemption win Sunday night, even though I, I don't view it that way. I view it as a frustration win because... Where was that the first five weeks of the year? I'd, I'm not I, until the Giants put together back-to-back -to -back wins. I'm not trusting this team. I'm taking the Seahawks uh, to win the game. The Giants should be able to keep it close. Uh, again, this is one of those games where, depending on the line, you know, it went, started out at seven and a half, went to six and a half, went down to five and a half because people were putting the money on the Giants. If you got the line at 
Seven and a half. Yeah, you can take the Giants. If it's below seven, I'm not entirely confident in that line with the Giants being able to cover it. I'll tentatively give it to the Giants as a Homer fan, if you will, but I'm not. I'm not very confident about the Giants' chances here. Uh, and Broncos Chargers. Uh, you know, uh, from offensive standpoint. It, you're looking at Melvin Gordon to see if he's healthy. Uh, looks like he will be, but, you know, we'll see. C.J. Anderson, terrible week against the Giants last week. But the Giants are motivated, so we'll see how, they be, how he does against the Chargers. Should be able to run the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry has starting to get some more looks on the Chargers offense with Gates uh, getting the uh, reception record for tight end. So I, I think it's becomes more apparent with the passing of the torch. Uh, Hunter Henry's going to get the focus on the offense now with looks from Rivers. So uh, I would start Hunter Henry with confidence. Other guys I would look at, Demarius Thomas from a DFS perspective. And, uh, you know, from uh, uh offensive standpoint, I'm a little bit concerned about Keenan Allen. Uh, he's going up against the no-fly zone defense of, the uh, Broncos secondary, I'm I'm not confident with that one. I would, unless you don't really have any options on your bench, I would actually sit uh, Kenan Allen this week, and uh, you know roll with someone else. I I, you know it's a tough call, but I just don't like uh, Kenan Allen's chances here. I, I think uh, the the Broncos, uh, I mean the the Chargers' chances of success with the Broncos lies with. Melvin Gordon going underneath and using play action with Hunter Henry. I, I just, I don't see too many opportunities with Keenan Allen getting looks outside of maybe like one fade route uh, for a touchdown to balance out the day. I just don't think he gets a lot of volume. Uh, so moving on to the Sunday night game, you got the Falcons at uh, the Patriots. Uh, you know, you get, you get the, the rematch of the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm benching uh, Mike Gillisley uh, in any in any potential lineups because of fumbles. So not a DFS option. About to sneeze. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I I I got I'm looking at Deion Lewis as being the guy right now for uh, for the Patriots. So I would suggest uh, if pay, uh, Deion Lewis is available, waiver wires go after him. Uh, guys on the Falcons, I would take a look at, uh, Austin Hooper is a differential play for DFS, uh, just because the Pats have given up tons of points to tight ends throughout the year. So, uh, this, this works out, uh, you know, obviously the Patriots wide receivers. So you're looking at Amendola and Hogan, uh, obviously Brandon Cooks, you know, these are pretty decent starts. Uh, you don't know who's going to get the looks, but like between one of them, they're going to hit. So. I just think that you're they're going to get a lot of volume today against a Falcons defense that has trouble getting off the field. So uh, I think they get volume, and then someone's going to get a touchdown here today. Uh, obviously, you're playing uh, uh, Julio and Devonta Freeman on the, the Falcons. I just look at this game and see it as the Patriots need this win. I think they're winning this game. You know, the line's three and a half. You know, I think it's a close game, so I think they win by a field goal. So, 
you know, from a betting perspective on the spread, I would say Atlanta uh, does uh, does meet the standard of uh, picking a dog. I, I just look at this and say the Patriots are going to win this game, though. Uh, I, I I'd be hard pressed to say that the uh, Atlanta's going to get get the job done, uh, you know, on the road. But you know, strange things have happened, but I, I just don't see it. Uh, then to conclude, we got the Monday night game, uh, Redskins going over to the Eagles, you know, Carson Wentz been on fire. I mean, there's not much else to say about it. He's been on fire. There's, uh, uh, there's not much, uh, else to say about that. Josh Norman's injured right now. So Alshon Jeffrey should have free reign Monday night. So I would actually play, uh, Alshon without reservation there, uh, you know, Chris Thompson on Washington is a start. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz been number one uh, tight end in fantasy. I didn't even talk about Gronk today because Gronk is just Gronk. I mean, he'll put up numbers, but Zach Ertz has actually been the number one tight end in fantasy this year. Uh, sorry, Gronk. Uh, I mean, on, on Washington, you know, it, it's, it's a kind of a weird situation because Terrell Pryor has – was brought in as the number one wide receiver, and it just has not worked out with uh, 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 with uh, <laughs> with uh, Mr. You Like That, Kirk Cousins. But, uh, you know, I kind of look at this and say uh, Washington has a decent shot of keeping this game close because the Eagles do uh, give you a chance to stay in games. I mean, with that defense, they gamble a lot, so it gives... It gives uh, Cousins a chance to get some volume and put them in decent scoring positions. Now, I know Washington lost their field goal kicker, Dustin Hopkins, so uh, we'll see how it balances out if they can uh, get a decent production out of whoever the replacement kicker is going to be. So that's something to look out for is to see uh, if there are any missed field goals for Washington. But with the line being uh, at least 5.5 to 6.5, depending on where you look at it, I have to take Washington here because I don't see the Eagles winning clean with a full touch. And I see this being like a three or four point victory. But, uh, you know, I, I do see the Eagles winning this game and going to six and one. So uh, that's what I've got right now for the NFL matchups. In terms of my uh, DFS lineups, uh, basically uh, we've got uh, uh, on the DraftKings. Uh, I like Drew Brees against uh, the Packers. I like uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, uh, against the 49ers. Chris Ivory's to play today with uh, uh, the injuries to uh, the ankle injury to Fournette. I like Martavis Bryant to get looks against the Bengals. Demarius Thomas is uh, going to be uh, playing up against. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a decent matchup against. Uh, the Chargers. I mean, really, this is because of Emmanuel Sanders being hurt, and uh, you know, we also have Robert Woods available uh, in the London matchup uh, against uh, the Cardinals because I just look at Sammy Watkins matching up against Peterson, and I just think Woods gets the looks. Uh, you got Austin Safari and Jenkins uh, again being on a roll with the Jets. You know, I think it works. Mark Ingram. Uh, against the Packers' uh, defense that's been Swiss cheese. You know, I just don't like uh, the Packers' uh, defense. So, And then you got the Rams and, you know, Carson Palmer's turnover machine. So uh, that's where I'm kind of shaping up on it. 
Uh, I'll do a FanDuel as well, uh, where, you know, basically I, I've got it as uh, a matchup involving, uh, you know, you got Brady, you got Zeke, uh, you got, uh, I got Chris Ivory, AJ Green, um, Michael Thomas on, uh, on the, uh, Saints, uh, Richard Matthews, and then, uh, you know, kind of coming down where it gets a little bit more interesting, uh, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, so, uh some of these matchups, uh, I, I kind of look at it and say, uh, you know, Ultimately, where it, it kind of boils down to is where can you get your level of comfort at uh, in terms of uh, some of these matchups. So uh, you kind of get it to it where it's uh, it's a matter of uh, wait a second. Sorry about that. Uh, lost track of uh, some of the other uh, lineups I had. So. Uh, yeah, so basically it was Richard Matthews, uh, Hunter Henry, Will Lutz on the Saints, and the Saints defense. Uh, I mean, basically, just kind of looking at this is just saying, again, I'm not sold on the Packers, so I'm going to fade the Packers, going to go with the Saints special teams with the defense and kicker on FanDuel just because the salaries matched up a little bit better, and, uh, you know, uh, take it that way, uh, but to me, Chris Henry has to be in your lineups. There's there's no getting around that. And looks like I got a call coming in from Cam. He's probably going to talk DraftKings with me, so hold on a second while I put him on. All right, Cam, you're on the Fantasy Throwdown. What's, what you got? What you got for me? All right, guys, if you want to win today, just plug this lineup in. You got Josh McCown, the idiot. Come in. <laughs> Chris Ivory, AP all day. Your flex is going to be Ingram. Then, who you really want to kill, AJ Green. Then you're going to put either Jarvis Landry or Demarius Thomas. But I'm going Demarius. I got Demarius too. Yep. (laughs) So we're going to take Demarius. Then, with our flyer pick, we're going to pick Robert Woods. Ah, uh, yeah, our woods. I got to. <laughs> and then so retard woods. That's who we're going with. And then we're going with Jenkins at your tight end. We're gonna play that stack. Everyone, I repeat, everyone, we're gonna get it. Then we're gonna have to go with the Saints D or Seahawks, but we could do Seahawks D. So that's the winning lineup. I, Cam, you came hard. You came prepared. I like it. Uh, that was Cam with his DFS lineup uh, today. And that was a pretty good one. I, I, re- I really like most of those uh, players like we already talked about. But, uh, yeah, that, that that was a good one. All right. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, thank you, Cam. Uh, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up uh, what I have for today in terms of fantasy because uh, it's getting pretty close to crunch time because it's uh, just a little... Uh, it's coming a little bit after, uh, almost, uh, noonish now. So, 
Uh, I'm going to finalize some of my lineups, but that, that's pretty much where I was going to go uh, from DFS, DFS perspective. And, uh, you know, I'll take a look at some of my regular fantasy lineups. But uh, that's all for now. Uh, good luck to all of you in your fantasy matchups today. And uh, hopefully it's a good round of games today. Yeah, so uh, have a good one, everyone. most talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll, I'll take giselle okay <laughs> is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.